everybody. Welcome to Tuesday Night's Narrative Live. It's good to be with you tonight with Eric Garland. How are you, Eric? Good to see you back on the show. I'm excellent. Thank you. Glad to be back. We missed you on Friday, but that's okay. You were busy. You had big, important things to do. So I get I that. To, I, was, I was up to something. Well, you sure have been, according to the Russian embassy over here. You know, apparently you are now one of the uh, prize recipients of sanctions from the Russian government, which is uh, actually quite an honor in, in my book, at least. You know, apparently they have a problem with me. I am sanctioned alongside the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, alongside William Burns, the uh, director of the Central Intelligence Agency. What's that guy's name? Like, oh, that I, guy, that guy. Uh, oh, he got sanctioned as yeah. well with you? Are you the reason Joseph sanctioned? Robinette. Do think, do you think there's another No, reason? he got sanctioned. He's okay. on, and I've uh, done the whole list in a spreadsheet with the Russian and the English translations, so... You were there, not America Garland. Do you think maybe they were confusing the two of you? It might have been a confusion if they said, for both of us, was going to be on the Supreme Court, but then uh, got screwed by Mitch O'Connell. Or they said, he is the Attorney General. Then I could get that. But they said, he's the Attorney General. And uh, that they, they didn't say upset. that about you. They said that I was an expert in foreign interference, which oh, yeah. thanks to them and uh, several right. of their semi-allies, I kind of am now. Yeah, that's, they, that's, that's the, the problem. <laughs> and now you've got the best resume builder in the entire planet because they've actually given you the credit you deserve for all the work you've done in identifying exactly what Russia did to the United States in 2016 and beyond. So they've officially <laughs> authorized you as the guy to do the talking on this topic. So you are now it. You're the expert, according to them. I'm the biggest douchebag they can think of, apparently. Wow. Well... <laughs> Applause to you. Applause to you. Of all the people we've had on the show, uh, you're the one they chose. So I'm glad. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I broke the pinball in terms of irritating. <laughs> I have, I, I irritate nation states, not just individuals, for those of you who don't like me out there. <laughs> and you are the first one. I mean, people, had, I say this a lot to people, but people may not realize it if you're new to the show, that Eric was one of the first, if not the first, to identify the craziness that happened beyond 2016 into now. Really, he was the first to say, there's something really strange going going on in a very, very well-known thread that is known as Game Theory. Everyone should read it. And it's probably the first time the uh, Russians got irritated with you, but then you continued over the last few years to be quite insightful voice uh, expert in this field. And, and that's why we have you on the show, because you're, you're good at this stuff. You're, you're pretty darn good. Yeah, you, that guy. Well, thank you for having me. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, and I think, and given the what's going on in the Sussman trial, I think when there were stories about Russia and Trump, Prior to the election, of course, I wrote about it a month after the election. It's like, wait, what just happened? And so I heard some of what actually happened. So I think it was one of the first people talking about Russia who hadn't been pitched the story by Fusion GPS. <laughs> you know, I wasn't either. And I was sucked into a couple of their stories. And I was a little disappointed that I was stuck, sucked into them. But that was later on. But I... Uh, you know, boy, it seems like that Sussman trial is getting bigger and bigger. And we've been talking about it here on Narrative for a while. It seems the media is slightly waking up now. Thank God they are beginning to cover it in a better way. But there still seems to be sort of a lacking of understanding because, you know, there's the Durham trials, which are a series of trials and allegations and people do, uh, taking the biff or pleading guilty. And then the Sussman trial is part of the Durham trials. And people are, you know, just looking at the one slither of the Sussman trials and saying, oh, well, that sounds ridiculous. Why is this guy getting charged for lying to the FBI? When in fact, it's a much bigger scheme than that. Much, much bigger scheme. Right. If, if we, you know, you can almost be forgiven for listening to some of the talking heads, many of whom who've worked for the Department of Justice and should absolutely know better. 
to hear the story of Sussman and go, well, wait a minute. Well, he didn't say that he was working for the Clinton campaign, but he warned people about something that he thought was real. That doesn't sound that bad. Have you got the chart with all the stuff on it? You oh, might yeah. not have it. When you just hear the one story and you hear it from a horribly, you know, biased, almost, you know, public relations agency type take on the matter that's trying to cover it up, then you might be forgiven for thinking that there's not much to this. But if you look at the chart and this is a very simplified chart and, you know, it's not something that you can just do a couple of quips about and a couple of uh, sound bites. There's there's a lot to this. But for the people that are out there saying that the Sussman case is bullshit. OK, well, then why did Kevin Kleinsmith, who was assistant general counsel to the FBI, why did he plead guilty? Mm hmm. And remind us exactly who he is and how and why he did be guilty. Tell us exactly that story. No, he worked for James Baker, who's the guy, Michael Sussman, working for Perkins Coie and the Clinton campaign. Sussman reached out to Baker. Kleinsmith works for Baker. He was a deputy uh, general counsel. And he went to the CIA to ask, uh, hey, what about this Carter Page guy? Is he one of your confidential informants or what? And they responded back to him. Yes, he is. You know, there are probably a couple of different agencies, if not a few, that you could go to try and deconflict, making sure the person that you're going to slap a FISA warrant on isn't actually working for the U.S. government at the time when they're fooling around with uh, hostile foreigners, because there are people working for us who fool around with hostile foreigners. And some may be CIA officers who are, you know, on mission and, you know, they don't get bothered. And some people aren't really, they just seem like regular American citizens. And then you go check. And you go, oh, wait a minute, and, you know, you have to one agency that wants to, you know, look at this individual might have to check with the others and go, is he one of yours? Hmm. And in this case, the CIA said, yeah, that Carter Page guy who graduated uh, from the Naval Academy in Annapolis and has a PhD in economics and who had been involved in the Budyakov spy ring in New York that got busted in 2013 or so. That's three years after the Anna Chapman gang, one of the guys, uh, one of whom I met. You know, that's after that ring got, you know, all wrapped up. Three years later, DOJ is going at another Russian spying in New York that was targeting Carter Page. And apparently he kept playing along and was working for the CIA. And he got caught up in this fusion GPS, you know, thing where he got added to the dossier. And they said, oh, no, no, he's a bad guy. He's working for, you know, to qualify for a FISA warrant, you got to be working for the other country. You got to be taking its tasking. Yeah, they tell you what to do, what they want, and they pay you or they have you compromised or whatever, you know, and then you qualify. You're a threat to this nation so much so that we will give you the same invasive type warrant against your communications and where you are and everything about you, your money, everything um, that we would give a terrorist like an Al Qaeda type terrorist. And they did that to somebody who was you know, as much as many of us, myself included, took shots at him for some of his funny mannerisms. He was working for the U.S. government. Carter Page was working for Carter the U.S. Page. government during yes. this whole time. And what Kevin Kleinsmith failed to do was to deconflict that investigation. He failed to say. He didn't uh, just he, fail. Yeah. He, he truncated one of the emails and cut off the part. There's like, he works for us. He cut that off right. and is like, he's a guy. 
So MMA went ahead and they yeah he basically they got an American tailed or you know surveilled by a FISA warrant, which is a very very invasive surveillance. And he, this guy was actually working for the CIA, not working for the Russians, as uh, Sussman and in obviously Kevin Klein Smith believed or wanted everyone to believe that he was working for the Russians, and also trying to collate some sort of relationship between the Trumps and the Russians. Yeah. We're not quite sure what Klein Smith's motive was in that. Mm. Maybe somebody else said, "Dude, he's not with anybody." And he didn't want anything himself. So we don't know what Klein Smith, you know, wanted, no. didn't want. He hasn't been to trial. He pleaded guilty to lying. So that's all we know. And, you know, I think he got probation, which usually means you've been pretty helpful if you've been messing around with a national security investigation. And there's only one other person thus far who has been indicted, and he's down in the lower right-hand corner of the chart there, Igor Danchenko, who is a Russian national, I believe, I think with Ukrainian roots. I forget his exact history in the USSR and uh, the post-USSR, but uh, he worked at Brookings Institute in Washington, D.C. Uh, I come to understand worked for Fiona Hill, who we all saw in the hearings about the first impeachment. So it's a small world in D.C. when you're mm. talking about Eurasia security. And he apparently was a subcontractor for Christopher Steele. Donchenko has been charged with, uh, I believe, with 1001, I think three counts of it. I'd have to recheck his pleadings there from the government. But he's been charged with the same thing. Y'all lied to us about this. So first implication here is that this is not just one case. So everybody who's thrown, and anybody in the audience out there, if you're looking at everybody who's thrown shade on this case and saying, oh, Durham's dirty, which is a hell of a thing to say mm. about a guy who dug the Winter Hill gang and the IRA out of the New England FBI and is a legendary corruption investigator. Unless you have some really specific knowledge, that's quite defamatory, just from yeah. where I'm sitting. Yeah, this is about everything here. This is about, you know, this Donchenko guy is key because when our last show, when I was here, we started to talk a little bit about human methodology and that Chris Vickery had been here and he was talking about what, you know, the real data that someone might give in this investigation, how they might give it over, what that should really look like, and that many, including the FBI itself, that the data that was put together by Newstar was not taken seriously. It basically was there to drive a media narrative that anybody with forensic, you know, forensic expertise in this kind of data analysis didn't take it seriously at all, that there was communication between a secret Trump server and the Russians. So that's the signals intelligence IT expertise side of this. Just from a human intelligence perspective, which is my expertise for 25 years now, you know, if the people at the FBI had known that a dossier coming from Christopher Steele, who had run the Russia House, which is the MI6's, you know, Russia desk for intelligence, spying on Russia from the UK. If they had known that his two major subsources were in DC, this mm -hmm. Russian dude who worked in DuPont Circle, Washington, mm -hmm. D.C., mm -hmm. and Chuck Dolan, who was a Massachusetts Democratic Party guy who used to work for the Clintons, who was in Alexandria, Virginia, that those were his two guys looking in on all of Trump and all of Russia, they would have laughed that out of the room. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons that being forthright about the source of information and how it was put together is extraordinarily important when you're talking about fucking up a presidential election. It yeah. matters. As a human guy, you know, if I was ever to tell a decision maker about something extremely important and I'd found two dudes who would say exactly 
what I wanted, I'd be drummed out of the industry. And that doesn't involve like nuclear powers clashing, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You got to have a wide variety of people that don't know each other, that don't have a fiduciary responsibility to you, that generally might not even know why you're talking to them. Yeah. And again, you might have other people collecting for you and all that gets, you know, marked very well. Even if you don't expose your sources to risk, you've got it noted who they are. Nice. And so that if anybody asks and really digs into it, that that story looks real good. I'll just tell you as a human expert to know that there was some, you know, young Russian dude in DuPont Circle and this old uh, Clinton battle axe who worked, who, oh, uh, Chuck Dolan worked for Ketchum who works for Vladimir Putin himself. Right. And that's something that doesn't get brought up in the whole, uh, this is all a bunch of nothing burger. You know, the, when you look at the subcontractors here, mm. I mean, first of all, Perkins Coie's got, you know, has some clients that are, you know, kind of dodgy. I think they represent Facebook and some matters that are uh, real interesting. But, you know, Fusion GPS, they worked for Previzon. You know, they were represented by this woman, Natalia Veselnitskaya, mm -hmm. you may recognize that name. Sure they were do. money launderers for Putin. She was a lawyer who was representing them in the case of Bill Browder and Hermitage Capital getting tax payments stolen and laundered. And that's who met with the Trump people on Jan 6, 2016. The Fusion GPS also worked for Prevazon. And then they get picked to be the ones who work for the Clinton campaign on something about creating content about Russia to hand to the FBI and hand to the media. That that doesn't get more play is kind of unfortunate so what because that's saying, an important piece. You're saying that Russia, through Prevazon, would have authorized or commissioned the Steele report? Is that what you're suggesting? No, 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 no. I'm just saying Fusion GPS took money from mm -hmm. Putin and was also <laughs> taking money from Hillary Clinton. They took money from Clinton for the Steele dossier. Yeah. And they took money from Putin, apparently, to look at Bill Browder. Yeah. But that's a little close for comfort, especially when you go, they got Chris Steele here, who I think worked for Oleg Deripaska at some point. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And was having an affair with uh, Ivanka Trump, I think at the time. I don't care who anybody screws. Yeah. But um, I, in this but, case, it is kind of rele relevant. I mean, you have to admit. It's well, kind of you're right. I don't like to talk about like that stuff either, stuff. but it's relevant, you know? He's having... All right. She's I'll a source, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> No, like we don't, this is not a tabloid show, folks. Yeah, we do but, the facts. But, but if you nailed Ivanka Trump, well, you might have to bring that up. You're right. Yeah. And, you know, let's just focus on that. It's big news. People don't really know the stuff. So let's just spend a minute here talking about, so there's Prevazon, the same company that was doing this whole campaign. There was a documentary. Remember, there was a documentary to try and discredit Bill Browder that was uh -huh. shown in Congress. Uh, there was this attempt to convince right. Donald Trump Jr. that it was all about the kids. And there was this whole thing with Roro Bashar. Uh, there's just a history of this Prevazon and Natalia Veselnitskaya being responsible for trying to overturn the Magnitsky sanctions, which Browder had introduced. In, in, under Hold home. on real quick. Yeah. That was a real interesting point you brought up that the pretext was for the meeting on Jan 9th, 2016 mm -hmm. with the Trump campaign was about adoptions. Mm -hmm. That's kind of code word for human trafficking of children around the world. Ah. There's adoption schemes where, oh, yeah, we're going to get you in a nice family. Well, that family ain't always so nice. Interesting. And uh, some of them, you know, send these kids to boarding schools that then traffic them. Some of them sell them off directly. I mean, it's the deep end of the pool. It's very mm. dark. 
we started talking about me getting on the sanctions list. There's a bunch of people that you might not expect on there that don't seem particularly hostile to Russia in the same way that I am, such as uh, Senator Josh Hawley and Lauren Boebert. And we don't, we're not like three of the kind right there. But <laughs> so you start to look at that list and go, what were they trying to get at with this list? There's a couple of people on the list who are involved in international adoptions. One is like a ranch in Montana. And there's been a trade of a lot of different, you know, of them sending Russian kids and other kids that just happen to end up in Russia being sent over here. I'm going to so, pull you back because I don't, okay. we'll go back there, but let's go back to Prevazon and Fusion GPS and the Clinton campaign. That Fusion GPS was a client of, of the, that Prevazon and the Clinton campaign were clients of Fusion GPS at the same time. Roughly the same time period. That's my understanding. Yeah. That's a really big deal when you consider that Fusion GPS is the basis for everything that was, you know, supposedly in the Steele dossier was the basis for a lot of the concern around Donald Trump being an agent of Russia, which he, we believe he is. But still, it seems that there was a giant smokescreen over there that was put up then. Now add in the fact that Chuck Dolan took money from Putin as well through mm. Ketchum. Right. You know, I believe he was a senior partner there. He had started his own firm by the time this set of indictments came down. But that's one of the ways that he had uh, entree into there. And I believe I checked the dates. Ketchum is the one that got Vladimir Putin an op-ed in the New York Times on September the 11th, 2013, mm -hmm. which some of us found to be kind of in bad taste. Being Felix Dzerzhinsky's birthday, the head of the Russian intelligence service, kind of a famous date for all Russian intelligence trivia nuts. You know, that's your source. Like you don't know anybody in MI6 or you don't know anybody closer to Russia who's friendly to like who isn't on Putin's payroll, obviously. But you could these so, two ops happening simultaneously. You're talking about an op to convince Donald Trump and his campaign to be anti the Magnitsky sanctions. And you've got another op happening to convince, I guess, the Clinton campaign to position Donald Trump as a Russian asset. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's so you know, weird. It's, it doesn't well, you know, make we sense. know <laughs> unless years. unless unless you think there's something, you know, weird. It just suggests something weird is going on. Well, it suggests that maybe, you know, what might have been a commonality here because mm -hmm. there's so many different kind of hostile nations that had interests over here, little China, little Saudi, mm -hmm. little Israel, little little Malaysia, uh, you know, the a little, Ooh, a, little a little graphic. I don't have the Malaysia little flag. I couldn't find flags for every country. But, you know, yeah, these are the big five that were sort of involved in getting Donald Trump to power. You know, Russia, uh, China, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Israel. And Don't it, ever get another Steve Bannon graphic. I beg you. It's That's the best a, one. It's the best one. It's the best one. And so, you know, we've learned just recently how, in fact, Jared Kushner seemed to be freelancing for both the Israelis and the Saudis, because he just got a $2 billion paycheck from the Saudis through this investment fund that he got. Mnuchin got a billion dollars. So I don't know what he did so wrong that he only got a million, billion, sorry. But there you go. He gets a billion dollars from the Saudis. Eric Prince also was sort of mixed between these two countries. He was mixed between, because he worked for China, he got his paycheck from China, but mm -hmm. also worked for the UAE, which is interesting. Bannon sort of does float around a lot, but we think he's more China. And Flynn is sort of Russia, we think, but he's also been part of some things in Israel and some other... He was on the payroll of NSO Group yeah. software. Yeah. The Turks. So... So we, we, this is generally speaking, but the point behind this, this particular slide is 
this was a coalition of countries that were working together. So slipping between one to the other is not so hard to imagine. And it also makes you think that maybe slipping between influencing the Clinton campaign, influencing the Trump campaign, not so hard to imagine. If you're trying to just control American politics from every perspective, then, you know, you could be running influence campaigns everywhere. You'd be running influence campaigns against you, against me, against media organizations, against politicians, against analysts, you name it. You'd be, you'd be trying to influence everybody. Uh, that, and you'd be maybe wanting to seed into that ecosystem fake information or information that was not so credible that you could either use to your advantage or disadvantage at any point during the development of a narrative. So, you know, if some stuff is a bit shaky, it's helpful to them because then they can either pull it or not, you know, or it gives Donald Trump an opportunity to label it a hoax, you know, and the GOP to label it a hoax. So there's all sorts of reasons for seeding, you know, shady, not complete information out there. By the way, isn't this funny? Like when you look at this and go, isn't the the rap on the GOP that they don't like communists and Muslims? Maybe, yeah. but like, <laughs> what? I don't like Jews either. But there you go. <laughs> and a few of them are anti-Semitic. Yeah. So that's like eighty to ninety percent represented there. It's almost like all of that's kind of a front because, you know. I don't want to remake the graphic now, but if you could just make all of those dollar bills, well, that or oil, kind of the real oil thing. or dollars. Yeah, they both, they all have that commonality too now. You know, there's a lot of oil in the slide. I didn't make a newer one because actually when it turned out that I had to add some faces. Ah! I, was, I was like, ah! you know, <laughs> I knew he was going to mess it up. So I thought I'll put it in there because, you know, I can go through this a little bit. Because <laughs> you clearly need to. But you see, you've seen Manafort's like there in Russia and he's there in Saudi Arabia now. And people may not have realized that Manafort and Saudi Arabia were a thing. But you mentioned to me earlier that Manafort was a thing with Saudi Arabia back in the 70s. He was kicking around, I believe, with Tom Barak. I'm not sure. If, I think they met in Beirut in like 72. I believe Barak is Lebanese originally. Yeah, he is, yeah. And then, you know, I think he was kicking around in Saudi. 70s must have been a big time because Bernard Carrick of the New York metropolitan area was running security for the Saudi royal family or some crew over there for three, four, five years oh, in the seventies before he came back to New York police department. Now in that interesting, Jeffrey Epstein was involved with the Saudis. So that's interesting too. Yeah. So I found this little article. Thank you to the uh, CIA uh, repository of all things. Interesting. Here is from the wall street journal, 6 September, 1985, a little article on uh, high stakes lobbying on behalf of other nations grows in Washington around aid and trade issues. And there in the little red circle in the middle paragraph, you see that Paul that, J. Uh, Manafort. Yeah, that our campaign operatives Charles Black, Paul Manafort, and Roger Stone have signed up Saudi Arabia, Peru, Portugal, the Bahamas, St. Lucia, and the Dominican Republic. Huh. And on the slide next to there, you can see, uh, it's also from the same article, it's actually Saudi Arabia and this Paul J. Manafort and Gray & Co. Now, I'd never put Saudi Arabia and Manafort together on my little bingo chart, but actually, I think that's where he belongs, in addition to being part of Russia's effort. But just to show you how these you know, faces might slide around a lot. And then your great thread last night, which really illuminated this for me, was all these sort of billionaire folks, these Adelsons, these Steve Wins, these Paul Singers, who, you know, appear to come from other countries, actually get a lot of their money and resources out of China, which is interesting too. Adelson, we know, or, you know, is famous for his huge investment in Donald Trump and in Bibi Netanyahu. 
but he made his money in Macau, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, big camp, gambling, casino area, lots of mobbed up activity. Uh, you'd be getting a lot of money out of there in order to safeguard it. You might want to be endorsing candidates who are pro-China, like Donald Trump and Bibi Netanyahu. Real question here: Was Portugal on the list of Manafort and Stone? Because I heard Peru, was. Was. Peru, Portugal, the Bahamas, Antigua, ah. and Dominican Republic. So, you know, and then that time period, Macau would have been part of the Portuguese empire. Ah. And, and it would have been one of the few strongholds left in that part of Asia of the Portuguese empire. And, you know, folks, if you want to understand the modern day, I'm afraid you got about 500 years of history to look at because everything old is new again mm. and never really went anywhere. That's really interesting. So, so that Macau was Portuguese at the time. And you look at the richest woman in Africa, Isabel dos Santos, who yes. is like doing some diamond business, which involves the Israelis. And then a lot of this stuff is bouncing off South Africa. Where was she in Angola? Oh, which it's is- funny you should mention Angola. We are in sync today. Here's another article from the New York Times. It says here that, you know, reflecting on uh, the first political consulting concerns to work for these, this is about Black Man, ah. Fort Stone and Kelly worked for the Reagan presidential candidacy in 1980. Since then, it has become a power broker that thrives on the hardball approach. Next uh, circle thing down below says the principles of the concern, Black, Manafort, Stone, and Kelly were also key strategists in President Bush's campaign last year. Also related to the Saudis, he had a lot of influence from the Saudis. Here's the thing, and I've heard tell that some of this stuff may have been playing both sides, where these guys may have had some CIA you know, contacts, which is why they weren't just sent like straight to the who's gal. Because at the things. time, President Bush was very interested in the Saudis helping him do all the cleanup work that he needed around the world through black ops and the like, especially when he was head of the CIA. Because after Watergate, they, they, you know, black ops were not exactly considered a thing to do in the CIA. So they went sort of underground. And it was Bush, first Bush, who made a deal with the Saudis to say, hey, you guys handle some of our foreign intelligence for us. But the, the Angola piece of it was right there at the bottom right, because Jonas Savimbi. Yes, the concern has also been criticized for efforts to bolster the public image of Jonas Savimbi, the guerrilla leader seeking to overthrow the Angolan government, which is related to uh, Mr. Santos over there. Also, I always use Savimbi as an example of what Donald Trump is trying to do in the United States. He's trying to build this insurrection movement, this sort of, you know, this uh, breakaway movement. And that's always what I've said it looked to me like. So that's interesting that you point Savimbi out. Uh, You know, it's like, well, who are the networks here? You got the British Empire, which is, and all of these networks, including our own, has light and dark sides. Just America has light and dark sides mm-hmm. right now. Not left, right, light, dark. And so does the old French Empire, you know, so does the British Empire. And, you know, since most of these things are two, three hundred years in the making, you can't look at it without looking at the Portuguese Empire. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what Hong Kong was turned over and made independent in 99. I believe Macau was 97. And when the Portuguese left that, you know, Macau did not have the same independent streak that Hong Kong did. And it was understood that Beijing was going to basically control it, which is interesting given that it was then made, continue to be, I forget the chronology, that Macau is the place where North Korea plugs into to launder all of its illegal activities. Mm. And it's interesting that there are three casinos there. You've got the Sands, which is the Adelsons. You've got the Wynn Casino, Steve Wynn, and who I believe brought the Dunes from Morris Schenker from St. Louis, who was the personal attorney of uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Mm. And uh, number three is MGM. Yeah. 
MGM. All, but here's the thing. The casinos in, Ma- in Macau thing. Again, I want to go back to this is where North Korea plugs into the rest of the world financially. Mm-hmm. And there are all these casinos that do basically nothing but launder money. So remember all those like kissy face uh, photo ops that uh, Donald Trump did with the North Korean regime that we would never give the time of day to. And note that actually, uh, Zev, check me on this. Has Kamala Harris done any like photo ops with the North Korean regime where they're playing Twister and having fun or watching a sports game? Yeah, they're going to do that just before the elections. They were planning a big um, Kamala meets Kim Jong-un, you know, festival um, before the elections that will win them votes, I guess. No, No, she hasn't. No, she hasn't. That's not I mean, I'd love to see Kim Jong-un play Barack Obama in one-on-one basketball or horse. Or, Look at or that something. whole thing that Vice Media did. Oh, yeah, that, that's uh, that op, that so-called media company. But that's an aside. I do want to go back to Wynn because he's really important here. You know, just last week, Wynn was basically outed as a foreign agent of China. So we're not just saying he's an agent of China. He really is an agent of China, according to the Department of Justice. Who Listen to what he had them do. He was trying to compel Donald Trump to cancel the visa of otherwise or remove a Chinese business person who had sought political asylum in the United States. Was this that Wengi? I think it might have been. I don't know if it was. I don't know. Is that how they, they did the little circular thing where it's like Bannon's like, no, he's totally not part of the Chinese yeah. uh, intelligence well, I think service. He was, right? Oh, boo. Well, I mean, Bannon's a China guy. I mean, what better way to protect somebody's image here than if you go, no, he's a democracy guy. He yeah. doesn't like Beijing. And then the other China agent goes, boo, no, kick him out. And then right. it could be. And, could and be Donald things. Trump owed the Bank of China $300 million. So. Right. Right. But it's interesting that, you know, this guy, Wynn, tried to do that in, was this 2017? And he was the Republican national chairman. Like he was the chief fundraiser of the Republican National Party, the GOP. He's getting, this is the foreign agent for China, who's the chairman of the GOP. I mean, people in the GOP who think that they're fighting Chinese, you know, the making of America becoming like China are so deluded because their own leadership is assisting that through being agents of China through these. And the people are like, not good people. These are casino magnets from Macau. These are dirty, seedy, you know, this is not, not even Macau. They're from Vegas, baby. It's just the well, mob. Yeah, but they have a special kind of mob there, I think, in Macau. It's also human trafficking. Oh, Macau, speaking, well, of, yeah, speaking of human trafficking, one of the human trafficking capitals of the world. Yeah. 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 I mean, once you get plugged in with the Chinese regime, you know, yeah, this is the same. Look, we covered a lot the Russian mafia and mm-hmm. it's merging with the state. Um, the Chinese state is way stronger than the Russian state. The Chinese state runs, for the most part, the triads, which is Chinese underworld. Yeah. Um, whereas the Russian underworld runs the Russian state. Poorly, <laughs> I might add. But then again, I'm just sanctioned by them. Maybe that's why they don't like it. Yeah, they're um, not going to like you anymore now. I don't think um, <laughs> you might be getting sanctioned by these other countries too. So, just to go back to Paul Singer then, because he's that's where we're trying to get to. Is so Paul Singer is also he's not a casino magnet. He's uh, what do you call it, a hedge fund guy, but he has an enormous amounts of investment in China. Like all the big tech investments in China, he's very heavily exposed to, including SoftBank, which most people believe these days is a bit of a front for China. Anyhow. Now, he's turned around lately and said he's no longer supporting China. I'm not sure why he's done that. And he's also bought into Twitter and a bunch of other things. But Wait, he said he's not 
He's not in the China anymore. They broke he's, up. He declared sort of war on China. I'm not sure he really has. It's just what they're saying. I'm not a business guy, so I'm not sure what that means. But he's less bullish on China than he was before, which may be because he's implicated in this thing. In you know, that's this, weird. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a, maybe that's the reason he's no longer so bullish on China. But at the time <laughs> that this was happening, he was bullish on China. So here he is. You saying he was the guy creating the steel dossier paying for pay, it. paying for commissioning the steel on behalf dossier. of i think marco rubio oh um okay. officially yeah so that's a, a, a cluster f if you will because there he is getting money from china he's a uh, he's big on the chinese tech sector he's big in the hedge world uh, about china he's heavily exposed in hong kong and other places and he's also the guy commissioning the stuff to try convince the clinton campaign that donald trump is a russian asset with shady evidence wow you know, and it's funny, like, you know, Hillary Clinton was secretary of state. Like she didn't know any of this shit. Like, oh, she, she, she said she did. She said she approved the, uh, the alpha bank thing on Friday. So, oh, oh, that's right. That did come up. Yeah. Um, well, you know, speaking of the alpha bank thing that was put <laughs> together by the, uh, new star folks, Rodney Jaffe working with, uh, the Georgia tech people who mm. of course the famous quotes like, wow, this is a really great counterfeit. You'd have to be a super expert in DNS to know that this isn't completely bullshit. Um, Jaffe is on a panel from a group that Singer backs called the uh, Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, FDD, Federation for Democracy. Sounds like something they would do. <laughs> Sounds hey, it's a very Israel-aligned group. And in 2010, you can see Rodney Jaffe on a panel talking about the um, Stuxnet worm mm. that attacked Iran, but then also went on to attack computers around the world. I'm not sure if that got discussed there, but it's funny. You know, I was looking at this like, oh, so you guys knew each other before this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, good point. You know, he was in a lot of boards, if I remember correctly, Joffy. He's a he's mm -hmm. actually in a lot of very instrumental boards in America, semiconductor board. Uh, there's a bunch mm -hmm. of, I don't, I don't even know those boards existed, but when you look it up, he's pretty well situated in a lot of them. I wonder how he got all those positions. He's South African too, right? He is South African. We're best friends, actually. We, he's, you know, I don't know. I've never heard of him, but, um, but it is, there's a lot of South Africa floating around in here. I should have another flag for South Africa because you've got, you've got the, the Musk Teal PayPal Mafia attached thing that goes on to here. It's, you're looking at a cartel of countries. It really is. That's all you can sort of see behind all of this. You know, some people are formerly of a country, but they really are a cartel because they move within each other, but they're all backing each other up, sometimes through fake information, sometimes through legitimate information. But it is true. Like people shouldn't say, take from any of this, that Donald Trump was not an asset of Russia. Donald Trump was an asset of Russia. You know, there was absolutely an influence campaign with uh, around him through Michael Flynn, through Manafort. Absolutely. Deripaska was heavily involved in that. Absolutely. All those things happened. Um, yep. It's just that there was also this other smoky stuff that came out, which was maybe designed to discredit the whole thing. And Rod Rosenstein mm -hmm. set the terms of the Mueller investigation, and he can be safely considered an agent of Israel at this yes. point because he went to work for NSO. They make spyware that has to be approved by the Israeli Defense Forces. That's Israeli military intelligence. So we had a guy acting as the chief law enforcement officer who went on immediately to be on Israel's payroll. He was a uh, lobbyist for a company that was working on behalf of NSO, just to be completely accurate. But yes, you're right. He, no, he, he, yes, he was, worked for NSO. But he, well, he worked, well, he represented NSO as an attorney when he worked for King and Spaulding, yes, which is also where Chris Ray of the FBI used to work. Oh, so interesting. 
Yeah, just, what's going on? So we'll put him there too. But yes, you're absolutely. Rod Rosenstein should be on that uh, Israeli flag along with everybody else because, in fact, that looks exactly what he did. Instead of allowing the Mueller investigation to investigate all these things, oh, look at all these countries, he limited the Mueller investigation to just Russia, which, you know. Or, it, no, not just, sorry, let me correct okay. you. He went and said, check if George Papadopoulos is an agent of Israel. That only they only him. <laughs> and when, you know, his biggest coup was getting a bribe from Egypt over to Trump and, and nothing else. And, you know, Mike Flynn, it was like, see if he's the big dodge here with investigating Flynn and Manafort was see if they are working for the government of Russia. Ah, versus and agents of Russia. So like Konstantin Kilimnik, who Paul Manafort absolutely gave Republican voter data to yeah. who is a Ukrainian ethnic guy who worked for Russian intelligence. He's not officially part of the government. No. So that Manafort off from any of that stuff. And even still, the Mueller people are genius. They managed to get as much of that in as they could. They worked their butts off. And we as a nation should be grateful for that. You know, on the Flynn case, they're like, see if Flynn worked like directly for like somebody from the Russian government switchboard called Mike Flynn mm -hmm. officially and said, hey, please do something for the Russian government. When in reality, one, he was on the payroll of the Turks. He was on the payroll of the Israelis. He took like 50 grand from the Russians. Who knows what else was going on there? It's almost like Flynn, though, understood that there this constellation. He mm -hmm. understood that this is how this is going to go. I mean, look, he did intelligence over in Afghanistan. Don't tell me Mike Flynn didn't know about China's role in Afghanistan. Don't tell oh, me that. I mean, of course. Of course he would have known everything. I mean, look, Afghanistan is bordered by Russia and China. They would have had a huge influence operations in Afghanistan. And in fact, probably drew America into that war for precisely that reason. And Michael Flynn would have been subject to all sorts of influence over there, along with a lot of other people who are, by the way, involved in all of these intelligence operations to convince people that QAnon is a real thing. A lot of them come from Afghanistan. Funny you, you mentioned that. I believe Flynn was able to use software that helped psychologically target like local tribal leaders in Afghanistan and how to psychologically manipulate them. Yes. He not only was able to use that, there's some information, this is new, that that was actually used in the United States against Americans uh, in 2016 and 2017. This is the first time we're reporting that, but um, yeah, there's some information that exact same software was used. So that this takes me all the way back to Promise and a whole bunch of other things, which again bring in Israel and Robert Maxwell and yeah, Epstein and Saudis and you know this whole constellation. This is not a new constellation. This is a constellation that's been around for a while. They've sought to influence uh, America for a long time, and they are not very friendly to America. So the idea that this constellation still manages to run a political party that is, has influence over half the country is um, increasingly troubling. And it does not, you know, our threat assessment at all. We are just as in as much danger today, if not more than we were in 2016, because these guys still have a hold and they've managed to reveal themselves in a way that has made them somewhat acceptable in parts of America. And on top of that, they've got a media landscape, which Let's face it, most of that media landscape is owned by people who, uh, you know, come from these countries, including the social media landscape, that they're able to control messaging in America as well. So it's formidable what we're seeing here. And it's funny you mentioned that because the whole point, uh, the subtext behind the Sussman and Donchenko and 
Kleinsmith and future prosecutions from the Durham special counsel is about controlling message. This was not done in an orthodox way that anyone would report to the FBI, especially if they were a DOJ employee or somebody knowledgeable about how they would assist the Federal Bureau of Investigations to investigate something with tips, which are essential. They use them every single day. They are critical to good, fast, just investigations. Anybody who knows how that works knows that what happened in this Fusion GPS dossier thing is not how it works. Yeah, I mean, the manipulation of the media to create a artificial October surprise is really what they were trying to do. It was a clear, I mean, the, the people have been doing this since Reagan. Mind you, it's the same constellation you see on the screen now. It's been doing it since Reagan. You know, they did it with the hostage crisis. And, and when Carter was unable to secure the hostages and Reagan was, that was a October surprise engineered by these very same countries. And so you've got a situation that they've been used to doing this now for election after election. So maybe it's become normalized. but. The attempt by that campaign was to create an October surprise around the Alpha Bank server. Did you know Rudy Giuliani worked for the Department of Justice very early in the Reagan administration? I did know that. I did know that. He had a small Night. little inkling. It was something to do with the Iran-Contra affair. I don't know if it's a precursor to that, but in 1981, Rudy got put at DOJ. And one of the first things he did was like send a memo way early in the game to the CIA to say, hey, what have you guys got on the foreign interference mm -hmm. in Reagan's election? Just interesting. Yeah, that was brought to us, I think, uh, by uh, LB, as she was formerly known on the show. She was brought us that memo. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Just to add that to the mix. So you've got a, uh, yeah, a constellation. And this is much bigger than this. Of course, we're talking about lots of people around America with lots of and the world and tentacles in every single media company, in every major corporation, in every media board, in every state government, in municipalities, in religious organizations, you name it. This is not sure. just a small time operation to ruin America or whatever it is they're trying to do. It is a very significant operation and they are in control of many of the levers of power in the United States. And I have a future vision for this and I'd like to talk to the audience about it. I mean, the men you see depicted here are, are assholes and America is full of assholes. We have lots of assholes here. And I would like to deal with the assholes that have the American flag behind them. We have a domestic supply of assholes that we can deal with here. We do not need the money laundered in. We just can just have our own our own problems and uh, you know sure. we have we this you know capitalism creates greed we have lots of greedy people in america there's no problem we'll find that we do not need to be sold out by these foreigners who are coming here and you know really raping this country for all its goodness i mean there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of wealth that has been sucked out of this country every day these days by bitcoin and all these other ip thefts that have happened i mean china is not china because it's did it by itself it's china because they stole American IP and they stole American money and that's how they did it. I mean, it's not, you know, you, everyone's like, oh, Russia yesterday, Lavrov was saying, oh, we can go, we'll make better partnerships with China. We don't need the United States. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Because you know what? Yeah. They didn't innovate any of this stuff. They just copied the stuff from the United States. So next innovation round, they won't be able to come up with any innovation either if they'll get there because they'll be under such draconian control. No one will create anything anyhow. But, you know, this consortium of mobsters and thieves and kings and presidents and you name it, are, have really corrupted America in a way that's taken away the soul of the country. And as you know, Biden keeps talking about restoring the soul, it actually means restoring 
our ownership over all these sectors. Like we need to have an American media sector that's controlled by American people with American interests at heart. It's just, it's just, right. we don't, you know, I get freedom of speech and ownership of the press and all of that, but we should still have an American sort of, I don't say bias, but at least an American interest in everything we do, because that's what we're here for. I mean, yeah, I mean, there needs to be no, um, no country that's off limits from criticism, nor its intelligence services off limits from criticism. Uh, so. Good point. You know what I forgot to do? Sorry, just to end this in a weird way. Would you mind sticking around through Athletic Greens ad and then uh, we're going to finish the show? Is that okay? As long as somebody orders some Athletic Greens out there so we can stay on the air, people. Yes, please. Get to it. You need need some vitamins and so do I. So do Uh, it. Absolutely. So we'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody. It's Zev Shalev here. It's becoming more and more expensive to buy groceries. And if you, like me, are trying to get all the nutrients and vitamins you need while still balancing your budget... It's become nearly impossible to get all the nutrients you need from food alone, especially on a budget. That's why I did the 30-day Athletic Greens Challenge in April. The plan was simple. Take the AG1 supplement throughout April and track any increases in energy levels, overall well-being, and vitality. And if my immune system felt boosted. I did it throughout April, and I have to say, I feel terrific every day taking it. I still take it every day after the 30-day challenge is over. And the biggest fear that people have about green drinks is the taste. And I have to tell you that even taking a daily, drinking this drink every day, the drink tastes great every time. It's refreshing and tastes a little bit like a tropical drink. AG1 is engineered to provide all the right nutrients at just the right time. Whether you want increased energy or improved muscle recovery, they've got it covered. And because they care about your wallets too, AG1 will only cost you around three bucks a day. To make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is also going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash narrative. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash narrative. That's the way we spell narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V, to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And remember to go visit that site if you want all those free goodies attached to your order. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. See, I, I, this is not month two. And I look how good I look after drinking uh, Athletic Greens all the time. So you see, that was the before. This is the after, almost. That was the midway through, actually. So it works, guys. It works. Thank you, Eric. Um, so, you know, we had planned to do something, and this is you know, to turn a little bit more serious. We were going to do something on the shooting today, and then we realized this is not really... We don't have any more information than is, is out there on the yeah. newscast. And there's a lot to be said about shootings, but it's not necessarily something that we can cover with any great authority that we can provide you any new details or facts on that, but it is on our minds. And absolutely, we're thinking about the victims and the parents and the families which are going through this horrendous shooting. It's been 215 mass shootings in America since uh, the start of this year, which is just a number you can't, you know, it's just, it just boggles the mind and, and it increases dramatically year over year over year. The FBI just put out a report showing the increases and it's something we don't understand. It's something that does not happen anywhere else in the world. It's something that has no reason to be happening in America. It is just this phenomenon. You look at all these other things we're talking about. Sometimes I wonder whether, you know, whether it is connected to all these constellation of, you know, figures and flags that we were just showing. So, but you know, we don't know that for sure. One wonders. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap up the Durham trial then for everybody. So you know, we learned a lot of new things today. I think we learned, um, I think the thing that I had not heard you articulate as well as you did today before was the connection between Singer and Prevazon and Clinton around the Steele dossier. 
that to me is still mind blowing because I'm still processing that. I mean, I've read the dossier. I've certainly researched it. I believe a lot of the stuff in there seems valid. But the idea that there is a one company that is working for both Putin, basically, and Clinton, basically, to create content to discredit Trump is difficult to even like place in one context. But it is what that chart appears to be saying. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just in the news. We don't even know like what's behind the scenes with that. That's just what we can get. I mean, by the way, you know, Fusion GPS has a, um, a link back to Inslaw and Promise software. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> Through Glenson's wife. What a small world. You almost get a, a little flavor of Israeli intelligence after a little while. You just do. You scooch. do. Because Promise, you know, the, <laughs> I can yeah. re-air my show on Promise because that, that, that thing is really interesting because Promise is, of course, is American-made technology that was stolen by, well, some people say stolen. Some people say it was given to the Israelis. They created a backdoor and they gave it away to the rest of the world so they could spy on the rest of the world. That has a lot of similarities to all this technology, to the very database you were talking about that Michael Flynn may have used in Afghanistan. And, you know, it's just one of these database machines that is able to collect data from everywhere. And it's very good at finding all the commonalities there. So that's uh, interesting with that. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I can't believe the Fusion which, GPS has a connection there. Which makes all the noise from people who ought to know better uh, about, oh, this Sussman thing is nothing. Really? Yeah. You look at all this? This is nothing? It's nothing. This happened during a campaign for president of the United States. Now, were the Trump people asking for Hillary's emails? Yes. And, you know, I see some of the influence trolls out there who are like, well, you're bringing this up when Trump isn't even in handcuffs and in stocks. And I want him chained in front of my front yard, you know, next to the garden homes. I want him to get hit, you know, with the water sprinklers in the morning. And I understand everyone's got their personal Trump revenge fantasy, but okay, he's got the Jan 6 thing coming up. The whole overthrowing the government treason thing is coming for him. Yeah. real quick like within days and he sucks he's not a popular guy his kids don't like him babies don't like him dogs pee on his leg nobody likes donald trump all right that doesn't make this okay we don't want elections run this way yeah we can't have america be controlled by foreign intelligence operations and agencies that's what basically we're looking at here and you can't be interested in trump russia and not be interested in this stuff. Because if you spent all those years, like we did, trying to investigate Trump Russia, and now there's all this brand new information is coming to light, and you've decided to just ignore it? Because why? Why are you now ignoring it? Why, why is this important, very good information that you're so obsessed with, why is it now no longer valid to you? Because it comes from this guy named Durham, who Bill Barr appointed. Right now, he's working for Mary Garland. He doesn't work for Bill Barr. And so well, he's, he's putting these... He works for himself. He's right. independent. Right. And if his, his, if his product doesn't meet the standards of independence, then it deserves to be just absolutely fisked and yeah. just torn apart. Yeah. But it's funny you mentioned Trump Russia. That's the frame that this operation was supposed to make. Mm -hmm. Now, I come to understand, I, I believe there was like a Trump Indonesia where they bought one of his but an Indonesian businessman brought one of his properties in California. That never came up. Right. That's a bribe. Right. Um, right. It's not Trump Egypt. We know George Papadopoulos got him $10 million in September of 2016, after which he called El Sisi my favorite dictator. Mm -hmm. Like, how come it wasn't Trump Egypt? That mm -hmm. being bribed emoluments. That's, again, Hamilton and the Federalist Papers. That's 
already bad. But if we're going to do Trump Russia, 2008, a man named Dmitry Rabovlev, who is the fertilizer king of Russia, who is equally important to the Chinese as the Russians because he helps his companies feed Chinese agriculture. Donald Trump had a property that he bought for $45 million. Dmitry Rabovlev, who also owned half of Monaco, he bought Trump's house for $90 million. 95. In other words, yeah. 95. Yeah. Oh, well, pardon me. Right. So he got a, so Trump got in the black ink, he got a $50 million bribe from a Russian oligarch. Boom. No need for a dossier. That's one line. That's a five line story at max. You can explain a little bit about what's going on there and it's done. How come they didn't just, if they wanted a narrative, there yeah. it is. He took a bribe from Putin. There was one intermediary, a guy named Dimitri. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't what they based what it on. That means. He took What's fifty million dollars from a guy named Dimitri. Can I give you a little cute little thing about that thing? You know that Donald Trump didn't even finance the original purchase of that house. Um, you know who did finance the original purchase of that house? Deutsche Bank. So Donald Trump made fifty million dollars <laughs> for nothing. You know, for basically being bribable. That's what happened there. Um, we should go, but. That's a really interesting show, uh, Eric. I am still going to digest <laughs> this thing. I'm having trouble. If people can see my head sort of struggling with how all this computes, I'm sure you are at home wondering how Fusion GPS fits into both of these worlds, but they do. It, they just do. Um, and we'll continue to cover this case because the trial continues with the Sussman trial probably till the end of the week, maybe longer. But we also will have another trial coming up in the fall. I'm not sure even sure what that one is, but there's more, I'm Don't sure. Oh, Donchenko. Okay. It's in September or so. Okay. So, wow. Right. Just before the elections. Interesting. So this is important stuff. We think so. And we're trying to treat it as fairly as we did the other stuff that came out in 2016. It's worthy of your time. It's worthy of following. If you care about democracy, this is where it's at right now. This is where the game is at. And we can't have either party corrupted. I mean, there's no point in allowing there to be an alt-left just because that's what they're trying to build as an opposition to the alt-right. Like we just, that's basically what they're trying to do. And we don't want that. We want to go to basic old fashioned American democracy where people actually have a say in the government. People can actually vote for their leaders of choice. Imagine that and not have to be subject to the interference of foreign nations on a constant basis to the point where they're completely, um, you know, impossible to uh, identify who's really working for whom in politics. I'm going to say, oh, do you want to say anything? I just two things. One, yeah. I mean, we need to go back to the values of 1960 and JFK when our mobsters stuff ballot boxes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's got to buy local. Um, and two of the other flags, I've only got one of the five flags, Russia that has sanctioned me and <laughs> Saudi Arabia and China. I just like to tell you to kiss my ass and please sanction me tonight or tomorrow. Okay? We, we endorse that message. So please, if you can do that to, <laughs> To, to Eric by the morning. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't find the- Make the, my weekend. <laughs> make all of our weekends. I'm going to say goodnight. I don't have the Patreon thing. So let me just say to everyone that if you want to support Narrative, you can go to patreon.com forward slash narrative. It really means a lot to us. We could not do this programming, uh, never mind eat, if it wasn't for your generous support. And we really, really need additional support. Uh, we come uh, under a lot of criticism regularly and we need every bit of support we can get. So please go to patreon.com forward slash narrative. And on that note, have a good night, everybody. Mm -hmm.